It was by pure chance. I actually went through up until grade 11, and I didn't know what I wanted to study. Um, I tried everything. I wanted to be a teacher, an archaeologist, you know. So um, the research was really just doing extracurricular activities in high school and trying to figure out what it is that I want. But I got to grade 11 and I didn't know. And one afternoon when we were sitting around the table in the biology lab and um, one of um, the guys, uh, Bongani, one of the smartest guys in our school, said he's not going to study civil engineering because it is the most difficult course and he doesn't think he will make it. And I'm like, hmm, maybe. That sounds like it's for me. So you, you took that as a challenge. I took that as a challenge. You know, I wasn't the most brightest um, child in school. You know, I never stood out on anything when it came to excellent marks. So I thought maybe if I really applied yourself yeah and i passed this engineering course then maybe yeah <laughs> i might just stand out and do something that surprises me and surprises my family did know? it surprise you because you you you're particularly passionate about it it did surprise me and i will tell you why when i arrived i would say like 90% of our class were males right and a majority of those were white males and all they ever spoke about was you know the Toyota Hilux and I, I promise you although I came across Toyota Hilux it never you know resonated so what, what with is me. the connection educated so 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 you know someone in our industry you know there's certain cars that are kind of like a reflection of whether or not you're an engineer yeah <laughs> and a Toyota Hilux is one of them oh, now the Fords are in as well you know and so I started to think wow am I gonna drive this Toyota Hilux oh, and goodness. um so um just that uh difference in demographics within the class you know kind of like ignited the desire and the need to see more women in engineering and for us to succeed you know and for us just to claim our seat because even in when we're studying it was very difficult so what is the reality now obviously the space is still very limited i mean i know certainly conferences that i've been to and i've hosted it really is as you say white male dominated and if there are men black men they far surpass the number of women yeah to be honest, I think uh, the changes that are seen are superficial. It's like a Band-Aid, you know. The cancer is inside, but, you know, we're just going to apply plaster on the top because it makes us look good. People spend a lot of money, um, you know, branding, talking transformation, really highlighting. But it's not, you know, the, 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 the big events that make impact. It's the small things that people should do to be able to recognize um, the presence of women in our industry. You know, we still have the same struggles. So you will walk in into an organization, a corporate, it's white males. They will speak Afrikaans. I know we all gravitate towards speaking a language that we are comfortable with, but it is rude. You it's know? not inclusive. It's not inclusive. Um, and 
by virtue of it being an, a, a language that is not identifiable with a certain sector of the community, you know, makes it even worse. I had You had to first overcome the hurdle of coming in as a woman, then you are black, then now the, the language Africans, barrier. Mm-hmm. You know? So, but tell me about getting jobs. I mean, for for your company, and perhaps you can just give us a sense of how you came up with Kulania, how, whether or not it was easy breaking new ground to enter the industry as a black woman and forming this company and getting deals. It's still not easy. It's an, it's an everyday struggle. It's a continuous conversation with self. It's a continuous conversation with others. It is about educating you know, um, I think I'm one of those that have accepted and embraced that, you know, I need to create a solid foundation. I might not be the one who will build this organization into what I foresee it to be. But if it is the foundation is right and it sets the tone and the tone I'm talking about, you know, the attitude of women in our industry, the boldness of women in our industry, the confidence. Right. If they can just see me doing what I do um, every day, highlight the plight and the struggle, but still wake up in the morning and go and do it, maybe it will give them a bit of confidence and they will be able to build from that. So when I started Kulani, you know, Kulani means growth and it resonates with me in a big way. It's, it's growth of self, it's growth within the industry, it's growth of other women. It's really just contributing positively to make the change and the impact that I want to see, right? And so I wear I wear that name in every uh, sense, sense of, of the it. word, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, just you know, trying to unlock opportunities uh, uh, for myself and other women is very difficult. Number one, I'm very petite, as you can see. Mm. You know, um, I look very young, and when you walk in, already there is just that element of what is she gonna say. You know, does she know what she's talking about? Does she know what she's talking about? Is she qualified? Is she qualified, right? So, really, my qualification means absolutely nothing when I sit at the table, right? I still have to say something that is intelligent. Um, I also still have to overcome the fact that I'm a young woman and I'm single, right? So, the first conversations will be around. You know, your husband, what does your husband say? What what does your husband do? Is there a man in your life? Can we get it together? You know, so Mm -hmm. before I could, I can even talk about what I would like or what I would like to contribute. I still have to say, listen, this is a professional conversation. Can we just sit and talk about the work that is before us? And that hasn't changed because when I speak to other young women who are coming up, They've just graduated. Um, one of them, uh, my co-founder of uh, She Engineers, she was just telling me the other day that, you know, it's like uh, when you arrive, you haven't arrived. You know, you still have to demonstrate capability beyond what your male counterpart uh, demonstrates. Right. So the, the playing field is uneven. For mm. all of us, right? So, give us a sense of your daily life, and I, and I want to understand, especially the getting of contracts. How difficult is that? Uh, you're a black-owned company, mainly female. What are the challenges of getting the big, big accounts? 
Well, the reality is, you know, um, the policy framework is there. You know, uh, government speaks about transformation. They speak about BEE, right? But, you know, when you look at... uh, the, the, the procurement policy of government, it kind of contradicts what they are trying to achieve. They will come and say 51% black uh, people or black women-owned entities, but the rest of the criteria that is there, they say 20 years experience. Where are you going to find a black woman, right, who has run an engineering company mm. for 20 years, right? It just doesn't make sense. So, you know, it's like, they shoot themselves on the foot, right? I don't know who writes these things, but what I am, I know and I understand is that when you are given a position of influence, you are the procurement manager, you are the uh, municipal manager, you are the technical director, right? You need to align your systems and processes, right, to respond to what, as a nation, we're trying to achieve. You cannot come back and put criteria and policies or regulation that redress what we're trying to achieve as a country. You find that, you know, they say we want CVs of professionally registered engineers with 10 years experience minimum, right? Now, black people didn't have the opportunities to be able to develop the skill to be able to be professionally registered. So where do you find those engineers, right? Over and above that, um, you, f- you find that uh, uh, when you graduate and you apply for a job, they say you need minimum three years experience, five years experience. Where are you going to get that? So now that responsibility ends up lying with companies like mine who are entrepreneurial, who are willing to take the risk and the chance. But then we carry the burden of investing in young people that the corporates come back and take from us because they're able to pay the big salaries. We can't, right? So we find ourselves in the same cycle where growth is stagnant. We cannot grow people. We cannot grow um, the finances because they're just not supporting mechanisms. Mm. But you've been able to get some international partnerships. How were you able to do that? How are you able to spread your influence that far? Well, the reality is in in every uh, um, system, I, can, I will give it to uh, government. You know, when we still had the ASGISA programs um, uh, back in the uh, early 2000s, those were the things that I took opportunities off. I went to conferences. I worked. I, work, I went on trade missions through the DTI and there I created um, the networks because government had real tangible support mechanisms, which we see less and less of these days. In actual fact, these days, most of um, the missions that go out do not take uh, young entrepreneurs. There are no programs that are really fully geared to developing us as business leaders and supporting us to have the conversations with other business leaders. Back then, we were trained on how to communicate, on how, you know, we meet others, um, uh, on how we unlock the opportunities for us. So most of the networks that I created overseas were through the DTI missions and the training and development that were done back then. 
I haven't seen many of those coming through uh, of late. And it is just a shame because then it becomes more and more difficult for um, entrepreneurs and young business people to come up uh, in the industry. So let's talk about She Engineers. What is that about? So She Engineers really is uh, the brainchild of Kulani Engineering. Um, When I started the company, um, it was really focused on female engineers, really just to disrupt the industry, right? Um, to change the conventional thinking and the patriarchal approach in how, you know, things are done. And um, But what I noticed over the years is that there's certain struggles that are just for females. For instance, we're constantly having to choose between career and your personal life, right? You have to choose between your, your career and your children and uh, a whole lot of social kind of like expectations on women and there's an expectation that we must succeed in all of them. And so over the years, I've tried to kind of like develop a system that allows flexibility for women so that they don't need to choose certain things. You know, it doesn't have to be. That so how black. does that work? What kind of flexibility do they get from she engineers? So it, it, it's a tech-based platform. Uh, it's a marketplace uh, for female engineers, you know, you you go on the website, you register, and uh, basically you find opportunities. There's young, there's small businesses. Maybe they want a drafts person, or they want um, a design engineer, or they want someone to go on site for them, or they want someone to write a report. You know, um, they're able to find the resources on the platform and the resources who are working from home uh, maybe they've just had a small child but still want to work are able to find opportunities on the platform so that they continue and sustain Mm. their careers and hopefully that will also make sure that in future they get their professional registration because there will be continuity and they're able to demonstrate capability. So speaking of continuity, your focus is also on the next generation as you say and um, I know you're doing some work with uh, primary and uh, secondary schools in, in teaching children how to code. Tell us a little bit more about that. So um, uh, my my brand architect, uh, Tembiso Magajani, she founded um, Social Coding. And uh, basically at the heart of what she likes is to teach um, young girls maths and science through co- computer programming so that, you know, they are able to relate with maths and science and not be overwhelmed because most of the messaging that comes across is that maths is difficult, it's hard and especially for girls it's unreachable and we're trying to kind of like make it relatable that young girls can see from a very young age that I can do this and this is some of the careers that I can choose to do. I can go into um, engineering. I can go into IT, you know, and we make those options. So um, one of the, 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 the programs that she, she runs, which is quite um, close to my heart, is the parent-child uh, program where a parent comes with their child and uh, they do robotics, they do coding, um, they do a various or diverse number of things. It provides an environment for parents and children to interact right because we work so hard someone Mm. like me you're out very early in the morning come back very late at night 
But once a month, we meet and we do that. And our kids um, get the opportunity to teach us because they know more yeah. than mm. what we do. And we try to incorporate that learning. But ultimately, what is the aim? Is it to help them deal with everyday lifestyle challenges in their communities? And how do you also intend to absorb them either into your company or projects that you'll be running? Yeah, so um, one of the, 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 the key drivers is for the young people to look at the problem problems within the community and say how can we use technology to solve this problem uh, I mean one of the young uh, people in Mamilodi came up with an app where um, you know uh, for for charitable causes let's say it's an orphanage and um, they run out of electricity for instance they're able to we can crowdfund okay. to purchase electricity for that uh, orphanage so that they don't go um, uh, for days without electricity and hot water, the basic essentials. So that's what we do. We immerse the young people in their communities and we say, what are the problems are you seeing and how can you resolve it? And they come up with the most amazing uh, things. One of the, 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 the cells or the groups of young people that They've entered the Google Science Fair and they're going to do a hydroponics project, you know, and it's agricultural. It's very relevant to the South African economy, you know, and it is to show young people that when we speak maybe about agriculture, you know, we, we don't necessarily mean everyone has to put khaki shorts and walk the land <laughs> you know mm. there's various elements within agriculture that young people can innovate and really impart and be impactful in that industry um and so coming back to uh my organization is that with the she engineers platform what we are trying to do is that you know in high schools right now you find that they they have a, a subject called engineering they learn how to apply you know the design tools that we use right um they can start to really start to generate an income for themselves from a very young age because putting up a drawing if they've taught you right you are able to be offer that service to anybody mm. right and so if you're able to find a marketplace on a digital platform on a Saturday when you're not doing anything and someone wants a revision on a drawing they post the job you are there you connect you offer the service you get money um, young people in universities we hear of them sleeping in toilets you know some of them end up being prey to some of the social ills because they have to put a roof over their heads able to get food but because they're being trained as engineers nothing stops them from applying those trades immediately uh, it's just that they don't have access to that market mm, they don't have the platforms and we're trying to create that